0: You're listening to a Hindustan Times podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, this is Manjula Narayan, National Books Editor, Hindustan Times. And this is the Books and Authors podcast. It's a weekly podcast where I speak to authors who've got a new book out. Hi, so today we have with us Bulbul Sharma who is the author of sunbirds in the morning gray hornbills at dusk nature rambles through delhi hi bulbul hello it's a lovely book you know and uh, you've like so in such a nice way you've kind of put down the seasons the passing of the seasons as well as nature uh in delhi and you know and and the little changes that come through the year so uh like i was saying earlier you know it's kind of difficult to write about nature without making it sound like a, a I don't know treatise or a scientific paper <laughs> <laughs> you woven it with humor and you know, and brought the birds and animals alive you know so tell me uh, let's start with a simple thing. why did you write this book? Well you know I've always been uh, even from a time I was a child I was very interested in nature I just roam around. And keep trying to tell people, look, I saw this and nobody was really interested, you know, because natural history is not now I'm happy to know that, I mean, I'm jumping ahead, that young people are very interested. But when I was growing up in the uh, 60s, nobody was really, especially in my family, nobody was interested. So I think I had this pent up thing that I must share what I see with people. Mm -hmm. And the first book, which I'm sure everybody you must have read it and everybody's read it, is my animal, my, my family and other animals. Mm. So I was very influenced. I kept reading that book, and I said, "You know, why can't I do this? Why can't I write about the natural history of India?" You know? mm. because most of the books at that time was about Britain. Yes. so we grew up, you know, about knowing what buttercups were and elder flowers, but we didn't know what was growing just outside our door. That's I was true. very keen to do that so over the years I taught myself I'm not a scientist like you said it's writing in a scientific way even if I wanted to I couldn't because I have you know, trained to do that and I was fortunate enough to meet Dr. Salim Ali once where I was interviewing him I used to write for the in you know, Times actually mm-hmm. and uh, he said he says if you're not a scientist then just write as simply as you can don't try to get the knowledge secondhand knowledge and try and show off how much you know just write simply just share what so i i've just done that okay okay and it's worked so what how do you do it do you like yeah. um, do you uh kind of like make notes regularly or what you know because there's so much observation that goes into uh, that that's right. clearly obvious in the book you know you know what um many years ago i used to write a nature column uh, mm-hmm. for two newspapers um, for telegraph a paper that uh, comes out from calcutta and
1: mm-hmm.
0: another uh, and for times of india occasionally so i just learned over the years to look at and even now i am in fact a lot of my friends call me the nature bore because you know we'll be sitting there and they'll be telling me something very interesting <laughs> about what has happened some juicy gossip and i'll tell them look look there is a sunbird or there is a hornbill and, and force them to look Mm-hmm. And uh, so, if you just get used to it, you could sort of get addicted, you know. If you're yes. interested in nature, then it's it's something that you do all the time, regardless yeah. of where you are, even if you're stuck, like you know, hornbills. That's the title came because I was stuck in a traffic jam, and and there were these hornbills flying, you know, over the car. So, yeah, so anywhere and, you yeah. are, you know. yeah, yeah, and that's Especially happened- in Delhi. Yes, in Delhi. Uh, that's happened to me even like you know when I'm stuck on Sardar Patel Marg in in that's thick wonderful. Traffic. That's the best yeah. place to be stuck. Yeah. yeah. They were just flying up there. I was amazed, yeah. you know, and now I always look for them. But the first time first time it happened, I was shocked, you know, because like one isn't used to it, even in other cities. I mean, I don't know. I'm from Bombay, so maximum I've seen parakeets, you know, uh, those rose-ring mm-hmm. parakeets. But hornbills, I've never seen. So you know, well, Bombay. I also have ne- never lived in Bombay, but I when I uh, it depends on where you are, you know, in that older parts. Yes. Uh, sometimes you see with their gardens, like what is Malabar Hill? You know, those hanging gardens, that area. You still see a lot of sunbirds oh, really? They may be woodpeckers yeah. but delhi is very lucky even and especially new delhi which is really yeah. not built up you know that much with all its old trees you see yes. a lot of yeah and small mammals not just birds you see you know yeah you will see um what is it mongooses, mongooses. you see, all yes kinds of other. Ah, and like you mentioned those monitor lizards <laughs> monitor lizards the best ones and the scariest ones you yeah. see in Kama. huge mm. ones. Really? Mm. Mm. I've seen them in Gurgao as well, but Tuglakaba, they're probably like really ancient ones. Yeah, they look like some prehistoric monsters. They're all over the place over there. Gurgao, where I live in Garden State, also, there are lots of birds and Lots of things happening all the time. <laughs> yeah. Nature wise. So, yeah. So do you, do you do you like kind of make notes when you meet see them, or it's just embedded in your memory or what? Uh, no, I don't. It just sort of stays in my head that I've seen because I've been doing it for so many years now. Initially, as mm-hmm. when I was to write the columns, then I have to make notes. I have a bird book which I do make. You're right. I do make notes in that that you know I write down the date where I saw the bird. And my bird book is really a tattered copy. It's almost like thirty-five years old. So I have little notes in that. Wow. It's thirty five years diary. old. I keep a diary in Goa now. I keep got a nature diary in Goa. Okay. So so that that's like prep for another book or? I <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe. I uh, I'm very lucky I live opposite a mangrove and there's a little pond here. So all the time, they think they otters here. They're all kinds of water birds. So many things happening just at my doorstep. So I, I, I do uh, write down those because I, you know, might not remember. I come every December, January. I'm here, so I might not remember what I saw. Okay, okay. And and you know, I found what what I what struck me about the book is that you also you know brought in um bits of information like like this one you know but in the 19th and 20th centuries these long legged white birds were hunted relentlessly for their beautiful breeding plumage called egrets. this is the egrets that you're talking about nah? yeah, yeah. which every fashionable lady wanted so i looked this up and thousands of egrets were killed, and they almost became extinct. Fortunately, that fire died out, and the bird is still living happily with us. There's so many egrets, especially when you go out in the fields, like they're sitting on buffaloes and stuff. You know, yeah. and yeah. even yeah. now, in whatever green patches you see them. Yeah. I didn't know that this, you know. So it makes you think of how some, you know, some fashion can cause so much destruction. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the breeding plumage. If you see during the monsoon. They have these lovely golden feathers that the male. Hands. Yes. So that's yes. what they were hunted for. Oh. The thing that's on the no, head, no, then, it changes. Yeah, the long, that. yeah. It's, uh-huh. it's around, I think, May, June, you'll see them. And long golden plumes. So all these Edwardian and Victorian ladies used to put them on their hats. Hats. Oh, gosh. And fortunately, no, no longer it's it's not it's fashionable not to have anything <laughs> no animal furs. yeah yeah so uh, uh, you know also this you've woven in humor as well you know you like bits about humans and their interactions and also you've put yourself you've been self-deprecating in this uh, you know how people constantly observe uh, i mean react to the things that you observe and when you want to tell them about it so talk about that you know is it often so like you... i told you earlier you know i've just been um i've never grown up some people are lucky everybody in their family is a naturalist or a scientist or something in my family <coughs> i'm sorry my father was an engineer my mother was a housewife my, brother was a doctor, I mean they're all scientific uh, scientists in that sense, but none of them were interested in nature. But over the years I find they have they have become they became later on, especially during COVID. Unfortunately my brother passed away during COVID. But he had got very interested. He was growing he was doing hydroponics at home and he, he'd become very interested in uh, plants, more than birds in just growing things.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's
0: why I added this chapter in this new edition. That how during COVID people really started looking and not just looking, but they started um, getting a kind of, uh, you know, the soothing co- quality of nature. Yes. They realize that, you know, they need nature. No, it's not just like uh, passing the time and looking out. It, you just need to be with yeah. you know, from nature to heal yourself, yeah. to make yourself feel calmer, better. Yeah. But one thing I also noticed that, yeah, during COVID, all of us, you know, I mean, even people who were not interested in nature Mm -hmm. started like bird watching because they couldn't do anything else, I guess. Uh, But post, I mean, once the scare has gone, now I feel like everybody's again back on some like hyper uh, thing, you know, even when it comes to holidays or whatever, like everybody's traveling further and wider and they. We're back to the um, overactive mode. So yeah, they, yeah, that's true. They, they want to go back to sorry. They want to go to lonely places, you know, yes. where there's no. you don't want to go to uh, happening places. They want to go to some place where there's hardly any run, electricity or running water. Yeah. So, so I'm I'm wondering. Environment kind of people. not not everybody is interested some people get very bored you know they, they need the excitement of a city they need <laughs> shops, restaurants nature is fine for a few days but after that if you're really not deeply interested then you tend to but not not young people you know children are really absorbed and they can spend a lot of time yeah. looking at things. Yeah so i mean I, I i do you think that there's been a change over the generations in the appreciation of local nature you know because definitely, definitely, yeah, I totally agree with you. Earlier, we didn't. I mean, my generation growing up, like I told you, we read only books, natural history books. Uh, very good. I mean, in England it leads, you know, Britain really yeah. leads, and so American writers. These are the two countries because of the language. I mean, I only read. I read some translations, and they have been interested in natural history. Like we were, at one yeah. point, if you read you know, read Kalidas's Ritu Samhar, yes. it's all about nature. Yes. But then we just lost it. It just, people, I think, and then strangely enough, it was the British who brought it back to us, because a lot of young officers um, were posted here in the 19th century, and they were again naturalists. And I have this book written by this policeman, he was posted in Simla somewhere. And he made yes. a very valuable record. And even Dr. Salim Ali uh, writes about that, that if it hadn't been for their records, we wouldn't have had a proper record of our bird life and animal life. Yes, yes. So and and then what has happened is, like what your question, is that young people are very interested. They have yes. really got interested. Yeah. And they need writers, and the younger you know, writers, have uh, come out with some uh, really amazing books on natural history you now, some serious ones and some just you know fun. Yeah, yeah. So <clears> There's <throat> a, there's a lot that's happening there, and, and it's kind of I mean even even Indian botanical art. I think that it's seeing a sort of uh, efflorescence now. No. Yeah, yeah. So and it's not looked down upon. You know, like even find it interesting. Nobody laughs at you because you're a bird watcher or you're going bird watching. Young people find it quite cool as they say. Yes, yeah. So it's sort of skipped a generation. The other day a friend of mine came to see me and she's a bird watcher and uh, her children were not interested but her grandchildren just stayed with us. I mean, they didn't want to go anywhere and the granddaughters and the two grandmothers, we just bird, bird watched all day yeah. So uh, yeah. So younger people, I, I find that you know, and they they're very serious. And like you said, even when I was, uh, uh, you know, when I was a child, this was not considered. I mean, it wasn't considered a valid thing to do or something. No, no not at all. Yeah, <laughs> just nobody ever think of bird wa- going bird watching or you know, or anything like that but mm. now young people are very into it very into it there's so many books if you see by Indian authors now when yes. I started writing even the column I think it was the first column uh, there used to be a column in Statesman mm. by Mr. Uh, M. Krishnan was mm. the only paper that had a nature column and it was considered very elitist because uh, only the Times of London had a nature column and in India only Statesman had because it had an English editor. He insisted on a nature column. So then, uh, then I started the nature column in Telegraph, and nobody did it. And look down upon people. So why don't you write about serious things? You know, what is this nature column? You should write about fashion or art and other other stuff, food. But uh, I, I I continue to write the nature column. They used to think it was elitist. I mean, that's very strange. Why would nature be elitist? Nature, you know, natural history, because, if not, I wouldn't say elitist, it was very British. It was a very British thing to do, is to write about it. Oh, Oh. It wasn't... Uh, only the, you know, the British are crazy about their little island and yeah. they write their natural history books and everything, every little... Leaf is identified and they write poems and they, you know, they'll do it. Yeah. We just love their country. Yeah, yeah, and something here now. yeah. And we benefited a great deal, like you said, from their uh, attention to detail, which uh, you right. know, somehow yeah. we skipped for some reason for many hundreds of years. But their attention to detail in all those books, at the yeah. uh, you know even even the paintings, the bot- botanical art that they did in the company right, uh, artists, the yeah. fantastic, yeah. you know. Yeah. And you know when they started these uh, botanical gardens, like the Calcutta Botanical mm-hmm. Garden was started, they commissioned a lot of local artists, miniature painters, to yeah. do uh, copies. I mean they painted the, all the uh, flora and fauna. Yeah. they of course now in kew garden they took them all away but yes we still see them yes. i have a book and it was really beautiful what well, the, really the martin ricks book the martin ricks book the book by martin yes. ricks about the botanical is yes. a lovely one yeah. yeah i haven't seen that martin martin ricks i think he, he's in oh. kew gardens he's got he heads it oh. or something and he's uh in fact yeah. he was on on the podcast in one of the earlier things right talking about this book which he put together it's lovely beautiful oh, really? I must Indian Indian botanical art yes is the book about Indian botanical yeah art, and illustrated history that's what it's called by Martin Ricks it's lovely you should Martin. check it out I'll check it out I got something else which was published by Roly books that was, Indian. this is also published by Roly only maybe it's the same book we're talking yeah. about I didn't know the author's name yeah no. yeah okay Indian so, flora and fauna. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, so, and Goa, fortunately, has done a lot of work. Now. Young Goan writers are writing about About Goa, is it? Play, naturally. And another person is Pradeep Krishan. He's done some really nice. excellent books. You know, yeah. Trees. His, his area is trees. Yeah. Delhi's trees. Delhi's yeah. Trees. Yeah. But so what I, I like doing is writing in an easy way. Is so that you know people who are not really interested uh, about nature but they they'll still find it interesting to read it and they'll hopefully read till the end of the book and that's yeah. why I, because i'm a storyteller i'm a writer you know yeah. write fiction so i can yeah. weave in um, to mm. make it a kind of like yeah. A masala. yeah And, you know, like I pointed out earlier, I I find that, you know, when even when one is reading about nature in in our cities, you know, you're kind of overtaken by this nostalgia and also this fear that it's all vanishing. And what you've done Mm, in your book is you've put it down, you've put down all, you know, the mongooses and that we see and, you know, the monitor lizards and the little birds and everything. But you steer clear of that, um, of sinking into a morass of nostalgia. How do you do that? Well, you know, like I told you, I'm a storyteller. So for me it's important to tell a story more than just I'm not giving a lecture or preaching and that okay, you know, one can go on and on about that, oh, when I was a child, Ellie was so beautiful. Everybody says that, you know, that <laughs> when I was growing up, Yahapito's so Green and now oh, look at this is where there's greater colors used to be for. But nobody's interested anymore, especially the young people. Okay, it's done. It's over and done with you know what can we do about it? You yeah. could talk about that, about anything. Yeah. But um so I, I just feel that as a writer it's better to if you want to share any kind of knowledge, it's better to do it in a more positive way and not yes. go on half I mean it is it is sad what is happening and a lot of you know, the the, the way it's uh, haphazardly growing, you know, without mm-hmm. any planning or without taking, chopping down trees. And this. what I really feel upset about is the beautification. You know, when suddenly, have you seen these funny bus stops all over the place? I mean, what is it for? So yeah. concrete, you know, like structures. And I remember going to Nehru Park once suddenly out the blue, somebody from DDA called me and said, Madam, Art Nehru Park, so I was got very excited. Also, maybe you're going to ask me about planting trees or creating wild areas for you know mm-hmm. the birds. When yeah. they then they wanted me to be on the beautification committee. This idea of beautification also yeah. means cutting down wild and dark and overgrown overgrown spaces and making it all very ordered and How making it young, this. Um, you know what they call beautification is all these ornamental trees, yes. which give no shade, no fruit, no no sustenance to any of the and birds. So that's it's, what they want because it flowers beautifully and it looks showy. And yeah. but other you know like the jamun, the neem, the imli, all these other trees, which the British, uh, I must say, knew about planting. I think they had learnt it from the Mughals because the Mughals really knew what trees to plant when they came. They mm. learned about our natural history. They didn't mm. know this country at all, but they studied it. Mm. For instance, Jangir was a great naturalist. Yes. You know, if you see in his memoirs, the beautiful mm. paintings he commissioned. Yes. So all that we have to relearn. We have to now re- rewild is a you know, word now that people use, rewilding. Mm. But I don't think in Delhi, the DVA is going to do any rewilding. They're still continuing with their beautification yeah that is the only thing that upsets me but you know if you write about it in a book it's more for an article you can do that in an article but in a book you can't go on yeah I think it's better to share the joy and the beauty instead of lamenting Mm. Mm. yeah and I also noticed that you know like when you're you're quoting Corbett and you know all these people uh, and then I I think about art current uh attitude to even like snakes you know the moment uh, even these gardens is you know home gardens that you have if people see a snake they immediately call you and they start freaking out that there's a snake there's a snake it could be a stupid rat snake which is good for mm. us but because it's mm. a snake then everybody wants you to cut everything they want to mm. like remove the bushes because there's a snake you know so these sort of things i mean i don't know how how do people handle it you know there's, so this is difficult because it's again man versus nature. Yeah. Wherever you go, it is, even if you go to a national park, it's, that yeah. conflict is always there. You know, do you allow people to cut trees and plant? I mean, they also need to live, they need a the livelihood. Yeah. Do yeah. they plant? But, you know, that balance is so difficult. And in some places, they have achieved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're living next to, like for instance, in Ranthambore, they managed to do that. They have managed to involve the the local, local farmers mm-hmm. in, you know, giving them benefits. And so has Corbett in many ways. That yeah. But like you said, if, if you see a snake anywhere, the immediate thing is to kill it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and like clean up the whole thing and maybe put cement over so that... yeah yeah you know you there's this lovely bit you've written about Bharatpur and that really funny thing about that boy uh scaring the tourists with his uh tall stories you know and Bharatpur is another python. lovely place yeah the, about the python yeah, I love <laughs> Bharatpur. and Bharatpur is is beautiful I mean like it's it's really a treasure so you want to talk about about that and the birds that come there you've mentioned in the book you know especially this this is season. Yeah, this is the perfect season to be in Barakurappu. Sad, I'm not there now because from um, late October, November, uh-huh. December, January, February, actually end of Jan, yes. all the migratory birds come, and it's amazing uh-huh. the sight. If uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to be there, especially early in the morning at five o'clock, you'll see hundreds and hundreds of uh, ducks and geese, the migratory uh-huh. birds. Yeah. In the sky and it, it's, it's such an amazing sight. It's it's just stunning. And Paragur has been, you know, they tried to interfere with Paragur. Yeah. But and then of course they stopped grazing. Again, somebody said, No, no, we shouldn't allow cattle in. And they stopped grazing. And then the uh, ducks start uh, stopped coming, the migratory yeah. birds, because yeah. apparently the cattle um, dung. Yes. Uh, encourages some kind of enzyme to grow in yeah. the ponds, and that's what yeah. the ducks used to do. So, there's a fine balance in nature, which, if you don't know it, and a lot of our village people know that, yes. they not know the scientific way, but they know it that aise toh, aise. you know it'll be all right. Mm-hmm. So, Bharatpur, that was important, then it, it's revived. Though, of course, mm-hmm. the Siberian cranes don't come, I mean, they've, they've gone. I think there's just a few left that go to China. And the the rest is still it's still a beautiful place. I haven't been there since COVID, but I hope to go next year. Hmm. Another good place is Sultanpur, which is just next door to yes. Delhi. Yes. That, that's also very well maintained and it's it's they tried to do beautification, but for some reasons there was somebody quite sensible who's not built anything with concrete. They've just built little path. Yes, that the path. was just a path all round. Yeah. In like Bharatpur, which, what is fascinating is you know how do the birds know? I mean, they're from Siberia. They know that this is where we have to head. But okay. It's a long and tough journey for them. You know, flying over Afghanistan and Iran and all these war-torn countries, but they still manage to get there. And when I look at them, I just feel so proud. Isn't good for you, you know, to come <laughs> all the way. Yeah. And, and then they head back now in end of Feb they 'll all turn around and go back yes my migration bird migration is also a fascinating subject to study because you know scientists really don't know what how exactly they they all kinds of theories about they use the sun or the direction of the but nobody can you know, really, yeah. certain it's just I think it's amazing. Yeah. i just feel every little aspect of nature is so amazing now you know in your book i also found uh what what was you know really interesting is that this little bits about the kachnar tree and you know and about the different trees and you've included um I, I don't know the famous twins ever tasted the pickle made with the green buds of kachdal. But I was thinking when I was like reading bits like this that I wish you'd included the recipes. <laughs> I don't know. I wish I'd known. I've never had it myself. <laughs> Even and do people are those people you know who kind of get the cotton from the uh, semal tree uh, pods? Do they still? exist do they still you know know, I haven't seen them for some time I haven't I used to see them on or I used to live in uh, that area in Janikapuri and then I used to see them regularly in the till the 80s then I think when all this security and all this started happening around the embassies so then they stopped end of 90s they 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 were not allowed anymore maybe in small towns they still have where there's uh, similar growing yeah. You know, like if you see Chandigarh or you know, I, was, I mean, by small towns, I mean towns outside Delhi. Yeah, they might be still doing it. Yeah, the those pillows are wonderful. Yes, really. yes, ma'am. Yeah, I remember like having them in my childhood. But and there's this huge simul tree in our lane, and uh, every yes, summer yes. the pods burst and it's all go, it all goes to waste. It's all waste. Is- you see, yeah. now it's all wasted because nobody's willing to do the yeah. bother with it. So, all this is it's it's a passing thing. So, this book in many ways is like a tribute to Delhi, is what Delhi used to be. Yeah, so the you know, the this roi and all the. The jamun sellers—they're not allowed anymore to now climb up the tree in and shanti and The whole family used to camp there, you know, and then sell jamun on the road. Mm. Uh, so, uh, so what happens so to those jamuns on those trees? The birds have you know, them. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, the birds have them, or people just climb up and get some, but they're not allowed. The thakurs used to then sell them to, yeah, these, uh, migrant labor who's to come into, connecting. Oh. Yeah, and also the langurs aren't, aren't. Haven't they been retired? Are they still langurs that do uh, that? You know, do scare the rhesus monkeys away? But in some offices they still have them. Like mm-hmm. in Ames, they still have them. Okay. But he goes off duty at five o'clock. Like a good Sarkari <laughs> Marwari, he goes home at five. And then the rhesus monkeys are very smart, so they come after five. What is you know? Yeah. They wait till him. And also this races is so smart. They're really not scared of the other langur anymore.
1: Really? You know, they
0: gang up. Yeah, the whole lot of them can attack other uh, langur. Really? So this natural scheme of things are also changing in the in the these species that live very close with us, like if you see pigeons. Oh, yeah. smart pigeons have become, you know. That's they true, nest that's true. everywhere, they chase the sparrows away. Yeah. Because they were a gentler species and they couldn't really but minas and uh, pigeons have taken over everywhere. Yeah, minas, minas and pigeons, definitely everywhere, even mm. minas, minas are really aggressive so yeah, yeah. yeah. so it's similarly similar survival of the fittest is continuing Yeah. yeah. so you, you, I mean I didn't realize that rhesus uh, are no longer scared of langoos now. They're not scared of anybody <laughs> 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 That's true. They are scared of humans. I mean, they're so aggressive. No. Yeah, they're very aggressive. very aggressive. If you go to any religious place, you see how aggressive. You know what they do? I'd gone oh, to. They, uh, they grab your uh, prasad also. <laughs> i got gone to Humpy recently, hmm. and they grab water bottles. So I asked this guy. I said, "What do they do with water bottles?" And uh, they said, "They open the cap and they drink the water." I've <laughs> <They've> seen people do it. Instead of going to the pond or something, they open a the little bislery bottles and drink the water and they throw the bottle away. And another thing I saw, which I just couldn't believe if I hadn't seen it myself with my own eyes, if you had told me, I wouldn't have believed. We went to Mathra, yeah. and there, is where the, we'd gone in a taxi, and the taxi driver parked somewhere. And then this chap next to him told him ki keep your windows shut. I mean, he says, it? He says, Now phone your phone. He says, kya He says, Dekhi meri mat So, anyway, fortunately, the driver did roll up his window. Then he told him they have been trained by these gangs to bring steel phones, uh, uh, cell phones, huh. mobile phones, and then they take it to this their leader. And then you have to go to the leader, pay him 100 or 200 rupees and get your phone back. Can you imagine? Human, there's a gang leader. He's trained these monkeys. I didn't put this in the book. Now that I'm talking to you, I remembered it because it doesn't fit in with the nature. Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh basically training ki hai. Wo unka hai, wo Sida, the monkey will go and give the phone to him and then you go and pay your uh, 300 rupees or 400 whatever depends on the make of your phone I think and uh, and then the monkey is rewarded by the uh you know given a nice something to eat, eat. wow so there you are so yeah. they're being trained you know, to uh, in crime life of crime <laughs> life of crime <laughs> recess ah, <laughs> it's like <laughs> quite possible anyway mm-hmm. so, uh, and, you know i mean like when i was reading this bit um you know there are ruins of old buildings and stone walls where the mongoose likes to hide they come out when the coast is clear which is most of the time since sundar nursery is a quiet lovely place to wander about in except from flower show day now sundar nursery it's still a lovely place. But mm-hmm. everybody seems to have discovered it. And there are traffic jams. I remember being stuck yeah. in a traffic jam. Yeah. For the in, long it's, it's too what? crowded now. And the birds don't come to Sunda Nursery, unfortunately, except for this one small area. When I wrote this book, Sunda Nursery hadn't been beautified. And um, so there's one wild area. Fortunately, Sunda Nursery, the planners are very you know knowledgeable. They really yeah. know about nature and they've planned it well. So they've kept one site for people to come and you know have picnics and have whatever book launches and things but the other side they've kept wild so if you go to the Mm. little lakes and water bodies they still in fact they even have migratory um, birds coming in Mm. it's so beautifully kept but the rest like you said it's really crowded and you won't find the mongoose there or anything there yeah you go in the night like I went for some concert and I went back to the parking and I looked up and all these peacocks Roosting on those trees—it yeah. was fantastic. Yeah. You know, it, it was kind of ghostly, but it was still lovely. Yeah. <laughs> and they've got used to the sounds; they don't mind the music and the lights. Yeah, got, you know, like where, like I was telling you in Goa, where I am, it used to be a really nice, wild place with a mangrove and little—it's slightly hilly. And now all these nightclubs have come up. So I was really worried because during New Year's they had all these—what are they lights called? Strobe lights. Strobe lights, yeah. But the birds are not bothered. They're quite happy. They're roosting right next door, the ibis and um cormorons and egrets and all these water birds. They go to sleep quite happily at seven <laughs> o'clock. They're not bothered by the by the rock the heavy metal music coming. I mean, we can't sleep at night, but the birds are fine. Oh. they not I thought they'd be, you know, scared away, but they're not. Oh. oh so they're so able to do more things. Yeah, they things. You know, they've learned to uh, that, you know, as long as they can eat and they have enough food in an area, then they just stay there despite mm-hmm. the noise. Oh, that's quite uh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Mm. So let's talk about the trees of Delhi, you know, of course, Pradeep Kishan has written that book, beautiful book. Yeah. But, you know, that's one thing about Delhi. If, you're, if you just come to Delhi, that's the first thing you notice is the profusion of trees. You Know mm. and that's even though there, there's so much growth of the city, that's kind of stayed, and even newer areas in NCR try to, I mean, try to uh, retain that aspect of mm. it, like by planting more trees, and you know, yeah. Yeah. so but the you know, the magic of old Delhi, those I mean, sorry, the magic of new Delhi. Mm. Those trees, those avenues are just amazing. And yes. I hope they remain. I hope they don't suddenly decide to chop those trees out because they're more than three, four hundred years old. Some of this like Akbar Road and Shahjahan Road, all those trees are really old. So, yeah, the that's what note one notices about Delhi because I don't think any capital city in the world has mm-hmm. this kind of you know, green. Yeah, even yeah, they might have, you know, they might have big parks and things, but the actual avenues of trees, I think is quite rare. Yeah. And Kurgao is trying, but I don't see that many trees planted anywhere. Have you seen? I haven't really Maybe seen. Maybe in the I mean, residential residential colonies. colonies. Yeah. Colonies have, but on the main road, because they have all these uh, dual carriageway and triple carriageway. So I suppose, you know, where in, uh, in the flyovers, they are know flyovers, they can't really plant any trees. And um, again, you you know, you said I didn't harp. I we used to go to Sona very often, and we used to drive through Gurgaon, which was green fields, absolutely (laughs) just fields with nilgai. And you said now it's all corporate, huge corporate. That's true. Buildings, and um, so I wish the outside New Delhi area people had planted more trees which mm. they haven't. The new colonies really haven't bothered with any of the trees. And the, in Old Delhi, they've chopped down all the trees. I'm sure there must have been many more trees on, uh, you know, that those beautiful old gardens, the Roshanara Gardens and yeah. all those other bogs, Kudseya yeah. yeah. really old trees.
1: There yes. was a
0: white silk cotton tree, which is very rare. Yes. I remember seeing it there. But mm. now they've, they've pulled it down and they've the- built it. For some reason, they built a lot of brick walls all around for pe- benches, you know, like stone benches for people to sit down. That's a new thing, even in if you notice, uh, Sundar so nursery, hmm. you've got endless amount of these stone benches all over there, yeah. But that's because I they're also like kind of like you know, they've got names of people you can dedicate it to, whatever your father yeah. who's passed away or something. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's maybe. what makes it popular. And they've, I think, followed an old Mughal. Um, architectural garden plan. So, maybe the benches were there, I mean, places to sit. Mm. I mean, it's a water garden now, never used no. to be a water garden now, you know, all those channels of water. Yes, yes. Mm. Mm. So, these changes. Uh. Mm, but these rare trees, you know, are, I don't know, like you said, no other capital city or at least ones yeah. that I have visited have this yeah. sort of thing so yeah. if you think it's avenues happy, of trees. yeah avenues of trees i feel so happy you know you go down any of these old trees like what should i say in new delhi old avenues one is janpath you know look yeah. at the trees i mean they're really towering and all those bats nesting it's, there that yeah. forever that <laughs> i just feel like oh god i hope it stays in my lifetime and nobody comes yeah. and chops these trees down yeah, but yeah. those bats. I I always when I go down, drive down Janpath. I always look yes. up. I mean, like yeah. it's a dangerous thing you to do. <laughs> up, yeah. you look if at your driving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, and you've mentioned and Lodi, 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 Lodi Gardens. Lodi. no know, they yes, they fly over Lodi Gardens. Yeah, and you mentioned how the amaltas, you know, is Shantipath is the best way But I actually think Amrita Shergill Marg is the best place to, yeah. be, to look at, you know, flowering amaltas in the height that's of summer. So, you know, yeah. that's like the, the, I've mentioned that little road that connects the um, uh, Amrita Shergill to Khan Market. You know, there is a sort of side road. You know, Delhi, that way is beautiful, and of course the Gulmohar. I mean, where yes. would you see this kind of amazing thing of gulmohar and then all the they every season i mean whoever planted it earlier they they, they sort of did it so that every month there's something new to look yes. at you know yes. from february now it'll start january they yeah. must have started i'm not in delhi so i the the silk cotton will start yeah and then do so now yeah do this year I think now they've started planting in, in the winter. Early spring now we see tulips. And then Tulips, that is very I find that very odd. <laughs> Why are they planting so many tulips all over the place? It's a bit startling, but it's quite I mean I the first time I saw it, I was a bit surprised. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you would expect it, tulips in Delhi. But uh, I also didn't. But if they well, if they survive well and if they're not, you know, yeah, I would prefer you know marigold or something, yes, which is natural, you know, which doesn't require so much car than water. Tulips are a very, very high maintenance, yeah, yeah. in yeah. Delhi. So the Delhi yes. climate is dry, it's okay in Srinagar yeah. or something. Why yeah. tulips? I mean, why not just have our natural flowers? <laughs> yeah, and there you are. <laughs> 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 yeah, <beautiful thing. laughs> but you know, even marigolds came with the Portuguese, you know, so yes, that's right, yeah. So if you go back. There's no such rose. Maybe they plant roses are high maintenance. Yeah, again, high maintenance. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, uh, but this thing about, you know, even the little, um, you know, the, the nalas and, you know, one doesn't realize how, uh, even if it looks, I mean, I don't know, terrible because of the garbage nowadays, they still uh, give shelter to a lot of wildlife, right? Yes. They do, yeah. All the Nalas look terrible, smell terrible, but you'll have uh-huh. kingfishers fishing there. You'll yes. have all kinds of birds going up and down. So sometimes, you know, it's it's nice to have a little wild area with maybe some... But the only problem in Delhi is if you have stagnant water, then you have dengue and you can have... yeah. not really safe. Yeah. So, so... Uh, it's always a conf- conflict between yes. bird life and, you know, keeping it... Like the ridge that way is very good. It's, mm-hmm. it's all, it's the trees, if you read Pradeep Vishen's book, it'll tell you that these were the trees that were, you know, natural, the endemic trees of Delhi, which mm-hmm. have been mm-hmm. replaced by Gulmohar and Jacaranda and yeah. you know, the other flowering trees that somebody brought, I don't know who brought, some first DDA chairman must have gone <laughs> to <laughs> the Caribbean for a holiday and they brought back all these ornaments the, because the British didn't plant them. So it was afterwards, oh. post independence, that were, Really, uh, the British uh, didn't 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 plant the gulmohar. They might have planted gulmohar, but jacaranda and all the. They didn't. they, oh. they like jamun and Im, uh, imli, arjun, mm. the shade giving trees. Shade-giving. They learned from the Mughals. Yes. the Mughals had planted all these trees along the GT road. They've all gone yes. now. Yes, they had planted all these shade giving trees. But why why is it that we now plant we, we don't plant those big trees anymore, right? We go for a. They take a long time. They take a long time to reach, a, you know, respectable height. While yes. uh, jacaranda will grow very fast, grow very so fast. It's, yeah. you know, it's good canopy and all yeah. flowers and everything very quickly. Amaltas grows very fast. Amaltas grows very fast. Yeah. Though again, amaltas, like you mentioned in the book, it's the star. I mean, it's a. Hey, Summer is beautiful because of Amaltas, yeah, right? Because of Amaltas. It just raises your mood. And then suddenly it's gone. <laughs> it's like, it's such a... Yeah, it's not very really long. It, <laughs> it lasts, you know, the two varieties of Amaltas. One, which is the ornamental one that you see in Delhi. And yeah. then if you see some in the forest, which is the natural, uh, the original Indian Amalta, they flower a long time. Their flowers are not so showy. They don't stream down like in this beautiful way. But Mm -hmm. they last much longer. You go to the forests of the Terai or to Shiva Lake, that area below the mountains, you'll find them growing much, uh, very robust, I would say. they were stronger trees than these very delicate amaltas that you see in the cities. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is that some of these trees have a lot of birds, to come back to birds. Yes. Like um, silk cotton yeah so whole, if you just stand under a silk cotton, you'll see so many different varieties of birds. Mm. So they come for the insects, they come for the nectar. They some of them even eat the parakeets eat that the buds. Yes, but the amaltas for some reason hardly has any birds.
1: Yeah, I never see that? any
0: birds. Maybe it doesn't have. It probably doesn't have any nectar. I've not studied this. I may be wrong, but I have a feeling it doesn't have much nectar. Because mm. it doesn't have nectar, it doesn't have any insects. It doesn't have insects and the birds are not interested. Mm. They're only interested if there's some happening. You know? <laughs> Otherwise they're not, not going to just come and hang out for the joy of it. So Amaltas, they, I mean, they don't like. They like the Gulmohar. They like um, the silt cotton a lot. But what they really like is the acacia and these other trees, mm. which... Have very they, like nice even the they like even Alstonia. They like even Alstonia. Is, yeah, because it's got mm. very highly scented flowers. Yeah. And it's full of insects. In the evening, you'll see a lot of flying insects. Yes. Well, Alstonia yes. is another beautiful tree. I'm glad yes. you brought it up for Delhi. Delhi. Yeah. Because the whole Delhi. fragrance is, is so Delhi. Yeah. The for November Delhi. fragrance. You know, the yeah. moment you get that fragrance, uh, you know, yeah. winter's on the way. It, Winters on the way. So that, that's the wonderful thing about Delhi. You know, the seasons are very, I mean, they might suffer in the winter. I'm told it's really cold. It's very cold. It's very cold. Not, I was talking to my sister and she said, please switch off the fan. I can't bear <laughs> you sitting here with the fan on. I'm so cold. Yeah. And, um, but uh, I'm quite missing. I'm looking, I'm coming back on Sunday. I'm quite looking forward to the bitter cold of Delhi. Yeah, like, my, like one of my sons said, you know, we were talking about this. And then he said, but you don't get the enjoyment of winter there. And I'm looking at him, are you mad? <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> yeah. he's right. I'm looking forward to being cold. You know, the seasons, mm-hmm. what happens in otherwise in other cities of India. There's no this bitterly cold and hot, yeah. then yeah. rains. You know, you're you it's things are happening all the time in yes seasons are really interesting and uh, to see and it ch- vegetation changes overnight and yeah uh, so, and you i think saying that i can say that sitting very nicely bomb <laughs> go up and i go to delhi on sunday i'm sure if you talk to me i might have something else to say yeah it's very bitterly cold but maybe when you're coming by the time you come back it might be a little less cold well it's just three days <laughs> i don't think and i only hope my flight doesn't you know all the flights going from here are going off to where yes. somebody went to bangladesh they landed in the flight. yeah yeah. A, but that was from Mumbai. They were going to Guwahati and they couldn't land, so the uh, Indigo took them to um, Dhaka. Yeah, because of the fog and this thick yeah, fog. The... Like, you today, know. The, is it foggy today? No, today it isn't foggy. It's, now the sun's out, but this is a. Yeah. It's, of course, it's that brief sunshine. It's not yet yeah. time, which you mention in the book, you know, that brief afternoon sunshine and then it'll vanish. <laughs> like some terrible things in the book, it looks. Yeah, in the morning the big... it was definitely foggy. And it's yeah. gonna be foggy tonight also, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. But not white out. That was last week. Yeah. It was completely yeah. dunned, you know. So yeah. yeah. And all the sparrows were sitting quietly in the uh, Well good. I'm glad you saw sparrows because you don't see sparrows that many. Mm, yeah there's a whole flock outside my house i hope they stay Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah Yeah. yeah. but yeah so that and uh, you know so you mentioned all these like these are things that you only i don't know maybe in chandigarh northern other northern cities perhaps you see this change in seasons i don't know yes you do yeah Yeah, I, i forgot to mention chandigarh is chandigarh again has a lot of trees it's, yeah. it's what Delhi was. You know what Delhi used ah. to be. Chandigarh it reminds you a bit of that. Hmm. And this star, uh, stark contrast. There are dunes also. You see, northern cities. You're right. Northern, northern cities. cities do experience. Yeah. This shift in seasons. Shift you know? in change in everything in your food, in your clothes, and the vegetation and. Flowers yeah. coming, everything changes according to the yeah. And the, and the thing is that when you're in the middle of winter, I've noticed this about myself as well. When you're in the middle of winter, you you have no recollection of how terribly hot it gets. And <laughs> every year, you're discovering this anew, right? Isn't that really strange? That's <laughs> true. That's true. You really forget <laughs> that how hot you're going to be in the next three months. You're going to be like, oh god, where and where did winter go? Where was yeah. that lovely winter? Though by the end of winter, you really wanted to leave. And when summer starts, yeah. there's so much joy about the mangoes and the fact that you can yeah. you don't have to wear so many layers of clothing. You know, yeah. all this is there. <laughs> but you know. Yeah, and the fruits, you know, I'm glad you mentioned the, the fruits. fruits. Yeah. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about Delhi. You know, every in winter you have different things In summer and monsoon and everything just changes. Yeah. And the bird life, the the birds are coming. Bird yeah, yeah, the bird life changes. Bird, everything changes. The sounds, mm. you know, the sounds you hear outside, like in summer, you hear the crickets. You had these lovely sounds and the scent of the, you know, the rat Ki Rani and the mogras. Yeah. A summer, summer smell. Like yeah. in winter, you won't hear that. In yeah, winter, you won't get any scent. Yeah, no, okay. I wonder why you didn't mention the tree pie. You know, the Rufus tree pie, like they're always, yes. it's, you know, some of these are locally migratory. They don't leave the country. They mm-hmm. stay there. They just go away to maybe a little further down. Yeah. They might go. If it's very cold, they might just go away to Madhya Pradesh or somewhere like that. That's, and then come back true. again. Actually and left some of the birds, know. I'm not like, uh, like I said, I'm not a scientist, so I can't be sure about this. But some don't sing that much in winter. So you don't hear them they might be there okay. but they'll be very quiet and as soon as february march comes then you'll hear them calling you'll hear the barbit the first sound i feel is summer approaching is the barbit calling yes you must have heard the barbet. Yes, yes all the time you know tuck, keeps tuck, calling tuck, tuck, tuck. non-stop yeah. you mentioned non-stop them. so as soon as that's the copper smith is this chota one yeah. and there's a bigger one barbit yeah. like that. so yeah. they will start from march Hmm. And they will go on till October, August, September. At least yeah. till September, you will hear them non-stop. Yeah, and also the the Jacobin yeah. cuckoo. Kipling right? wrote these stories called Just So Stories, and yes. he writes about the cuckoo bird. Yes, yes. Uh, and and also of course the brain fever bird. <laughs> the, yeah, the yeah. cuckoo. Brain right? fever bird is a bit scary. I mean, that's more Somerset, mom. You know that whole. Yeah. Yeah. Horror of being stuck in India. Stuck in India. I don't know <laughs> how they endured all this. You know, and they were so young. If you read yeah. some of them, their, because of, you know, the natural history, I read a lot of their memoirs. Yeah. And some of them were just 22, 23 years old. And they're yeah. stuck in these lonely places. No wonder they took to bird watching <laughs> because they yeah. were yeah, mm. otherwise it were maybe the birds. Saved they were shooting. People. they mainly went shooting. So that's why they got to know Bharatpur. If you been have you been to Bharatpur? I've been, I've been. Have you seen those pillars yes, with all I've the amount seen. of birds that they shot? Had 4, 000 oh, thousand. The Maharajas yeah. and the and the British um, yeah. Yeah, in it, fact, um Viceroys. Yeah. yeah. I took a photograph of that. People. 1000s, 4000 4, something, 700 birds in one. Yeah, in one one morning. In one morning. In yeah, one one morning. morning. Nonsense. Mm. I also got yeah. enraged when I did that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm glad they still got it there so that people can see the, the horror of what humans can do. And what about, I, I mean, that's not mentioned in the book. I don't know if I have about this last uh, cheetah. Yes, yes, you mentioned no. it in the book. The Maharaja of Korea. That is shot by the Maharaja of Riva, just like that. I see. Yeah. time passed, you know, he just shot it. Yeah. yeah. Maharaja of Korea. Korea, yeah, that's that, Korea, not Riva. Riva was the white tiger, yeah. Yeah. Please call Korea. Korea. <laughs> <laughs> crazy, crazy. But I suppose, yeah. th- thankfully, our, perspective, our perspectives on you know, animal conservation and, you know, hunting has changed so much. Totally changed. After independence, in fact, Pandit Nehru was one of the first people to make sure, And then Mrs. Gandhi also was very, very aware, you know, of... And uh, I think our wildlife rules and regulations were very advanced, much Mm -hmm. more than any other developing country at that point. And um, though there's been a lot of conflict, if you follow... You know, yeah. the conflict between the villagers and the setting up these wildlife farms. But I think we've done a great job. You know, we should yes. be proud of the fact how well we've managed, despite not having the resources that Western countries have. Yeah. We have managed very well. If you go to Kaziranga or anywhere, they're so well managed. Yes. And, you know, and the wardens, I mean, you feel so... I really feel proud of the wardens because they're not paid very well. They're in these remote areas. They're they're doing such a dedicated, you know, they're so committed to what they're doing. Yeah. Because you know, Indians have an innate love for nature. Yes. And that we had forgotten. And yeah. the young people are are they have it and they they they're coming back to it. So I have a lot of lot of, you know, hope that they they are the ones who will take everything forward and they'll look after the country yeah. and and uh, and one way of dealing with it is to get to know it if you know something then you respect it and you and you love it you know if you yes like you noticed the, the sparrows you saw the sparrows were huddling in winter so if and then yeah. if you don't see them you'll worry That's, yeah yeah so, i think the more nature books we have the more people read about nature right about nature talk talk about talk nature about and theater, yeah it's uh, it's going to help because if you see what we have i mean we are so blessed we are blessed from kashmir to the cliche kashmir to Kanyakumari. kumari yeah. we have almost every range we have yes you know the snow leopard on one side yeah. and then we have you know all kinds of exotic birds and animals that you don't see you know you see in the in the western parts you have the beautiful um, horn, wide hornbills, which yeah. huge is huge yeah so we are really blessed, yeah, to, to be in this country where you can see so much. Yeah, and also like, if 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 I just step out, I mean, you know, I'm saying that all these fields have vanished. But on a regular day, I will see the, I mean, not the tree pies left, but I, I in the winter, I see these sparrows, I see tailor birds, I see, yeah. sometimes see a lapwing. I'm sure you see that. Did you lapwing? do it, bird? Lap yes. Lapwing is always lapwings. there. Yeah, yeah the lapwing, lapwing is. Lapwing is there. now started hanging around swimming pools. I've noticed. You know, the people in farmhouses have swimming pools. Yeah. And I was amazed to see them sauntering up and down in the swimming pool <laughs> instead of being in some field somewhere. Yeah. So um, you're right. Abroad, you know, if you go bird watching, you wait for hours, and you will know, see two or three things. Yeah. yeah. So you just sit in your veranda, and you will see at least ten species coming yeah, to you. that's true. Though, like you mentioned in the book, the the you know the the kingfisher with the blue with a flash of blue is much rarer now than even a few years ago i don't see it maybe because the fields have gone and now i see that black and white one you know more often the black and white uh, kingfisher yeah that's quite rare really where yeah, did you see that here only the back i often really? see it okay. yeah. so, okay. but the one with the flash of blue that blue one good. yeah, yeah. Blue, blue one is actually quite happy to uh, they feed both in uh, near water bodies and also in dry areas so it might have found some better water body or better feeding area they just move wherever the food is yeah. you know like i told you the food is what it really is important for. Yeah. so so i could go we could go on talking about this because <laughs> you know, like both plants and birds and delhi you can delhi seasons you can go on and on <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I know. I love Delhi. People, people go on and on about the pollution and the traffic and the road rage, but I, I just love Delhi. Yeah, but once you look up, you kind of even I've noticed this. Maybe it's just a personality mm-hmm. thing. Once you look up and you see the birds, you kind of think, okay, forget all that. <laughs> you know, because good. Yeah, yeah. no, I'm so glad. Birds. I'm glad you're like that. Yeah. <laughs> just look yeah. at the positive and the, and the beauty of how lucky we are. You know, if you look at all the things that. You're fortunate to have yeah mm-hmm. that's true so on that note we'll end for for the listeners go out and get sunbirds in the morning gray hornbills at dusk nature rambles through delhi even if you're not from delhi it's a lovely book it's very lyrical and of course it talks about if you like birds and if you like trees and nature it's it's a very satisfying read thank you so much bulbul for talking to me Thank you. It was a real pleasure talking to you. And we'll go bird watching together. I'm going to drag you out. <laughs> okay. I, I, I love that. <laughs> okay. Bye. 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 Thank you. Bye. Bye. To stay updated on this podcast, follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms.